Oh, hello, and welcome to Aldente Rigamortis. I'm Review Cultist. Becky, the stands for evil. And I'm the gamer in yellow. And we're here to discuss those internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. And tonight we have, for SCP Sember, The Shape of a Gun. So, uh, The Shape of a Gun is a SCP Foundation tale set in the Apotheosis canon. It was written by Cadaver Commander. Oh, yeah. And you can check it out at scp-wiki.wiki.com. My favorite website. Yes. The most confusing website you are all ever. Otherwise known as the main SCP Foundation website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so before we dive into the rundown and all our thoughts and stuff of like that about what we just read, let's do our initial recommendations. I recommend it. I personally recommend it. You bastard. <laughs> I don't recommend it. You son of a bitch. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Huh. I am really interested now because I really liked this one. <laughs> so I am very curious. As you should be. Okay. I'm also kind of scared. As you should be. Yes. All right. Uh, let's let's dive into the rundown then. Uh, we are thrust into the dynamic escape of Monica Pinkston, a D-class uh, coded D-7777. Who has become infested with an entity of SCP 3396, uh, giving her the ability to summon crazy amounts of projectile weaponry, like across the ages of weaponry, of like firearms and guns and, and like artillery and stuff, and beyond. She blasted her way out of the containment facility and ran for the hills. Uh, while resting, she is intercepted by an agent. However, this man from the Foundation has decided to go turncoat and help Monica evade the Foundation. Cut to about a year later, in the city formerly known as Las Vegas, now Old Vegas, Monica, with radio connection to Jake, the man she met in the woods, uh, is fighting a villainous mutant, similar to her situation, in that like it, ha- this person, this pale man, has... Uh, apparently either either powers derived from or has a creature from an scp attached to him uh in some manner um there they have this epic confrontation with monica summoning an orbital laser to try and destroy the warping pale man um and it seems she has defeated him before she passes out uh she wakes up in the oasis care center where we get more on the situation. Uh, In the last few months, Monica has become a sort of heroic de facto leader of Old Vegas, which now houses more and more SCP anomaly-affected mutants and their normal human sympathizers. Um, We get a narrative laydown about the various, like, major players that uh, have sided or, like, kind of come together with Monica in this little community, uh, including a guy who can resemble or who can reassemble urban terrain, um, stealthy people who have like many eyes and like, can like warp into the shadows and stuff. Um, a red ogre looking badass guy. 
and a shifting biblically accurate angel of human parts with immense telepathic ability named Norman. Is that what he's going for? A biblically accurate angel? That's that's what was going to my mind. Either like like it's either like a biblically accurate angel kind of creature, or like a Shoggoth meets a flying polyp, but with a person's personality. Yeah. It just had like uh, a whole bunch of like meat just floating around, it, like a whole bunch of hands with eyes in them and shit. Yeah, so so a biblically accurate angel. <laughs> I mean it's rings of eyes, but yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. Like the, the rings of eyes is the most common one. That's just one type of angel there are different types like again like biblically accurate angels are terrifying (laughs) yes look it up if you guys aren't aware yes um and it's actually become like kind of a meme where it's like when somebody like does like like some crazy like online art of like just something some somebody with or something or somebody with too many eyes and hands and arms and all that it's just biblically accurate dot 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 (laughs) so but i digress yeah his name is norman (laughs) Or no, all all of this while the people are eating in the cafeteria of the center, while Monica is having a pleasant and wholesome chat with Norman. Norman suddenly alerts everyone in, that the Foundation Army is at the city's doorstep, uh, and Monica basically sounds the like sets up preparations to confront the Foundation's army. Sometime later, the defenders of Old Vegas stand defiant against the Foundation's army, who want to contain them, weird, and abolish this this, this city of mutants and mutant sympathizers. Uh, To which Monica proclaims a war cry in defense of the free city of Vegas, and her defenders follow suit against the army. And that's where the story ends, for the time being. I'm not sure if there's going to be more, but... That's where this story ends. So, I suppose we shall move on to everyone tolerates the Grand Inquisitions. At this point, uh, I've got a few. Uh, I'm going to start with this one here. Jake said, though, her earpiece. So I think it needs to be Jake said through her earpiece. Yes. And then my oh apparently this is my 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 next and last one. Multiple copies of himself as he as he had looked before his mutation also made occasional appearance, popping into space and then fading away. I think the appearance needs to be have an S at the end, so it's like also made occasional appearances. Yeah. Popping in, yeah. And that's my grammar position. So, Mikey, the E stands for evil. Uh, I have a conjunction junction. Okay. And next stop, conjunction junction. But the rest of her didn't want to. And worst of all, she was nowhere near as alone as she wanted to be. But a computer somewhere had elected to make her inescapably noticeable with five black sevens embedded in the orange of her back like so many fish hooks. So people naturally assumed that she had to be interesting. So they gravitated to her like moons around a planet. But no. But convincing the rest 
that she really was a shit piece, waste of skin, wouldn't have made anything better, so she kept her mouth shut and did her best. And then it had pissed her back out. It was like smoke and iron filings in her blood. And in its place had been left an arsenal. It had taken all her frustration, all her hatred, her misery and doubt, and blackened determination, everything that she was as a human person, and smelted it into a shape. And she had used them to escape. And they had tried to stop her. But every impact of their bullets upon her skin was just a hammer driving down on the blasting cap of her soul. And they died trying to make it so. And so she was alone, but for the thing that was that had nestled deep within the superfluous molded meat of her body. And then she realized that even with infinite firepower behind her eyes, she didn't have a fucking lighter. And then there was a blowtorch in her hand. It blocked out the sun, howling and smoking and torturing the air with its heat. So she let it out. It punched into the earth and obscured everything from view, blinding and terrible, vaporizing everything in its path. But the equipment worked. There was electricity, and she had hired actual doctors that were willing to do their work in Old Vegas despite the inherent danger. And one table all the way at the end was occupied by a loner. And she supposed that still held true, but she really wasn't sure. It was a profoundly surreal and sometimes unsettling experience, but Monica had gotten used to it. Its mouth didn't move, when Norman spoke. It continued eating. But he made up for it with an image of sunshine and happy, colorful flowers and a feeling of pleasant warmth, which he shoved directly into her mind without her permission. It wasn't a question. And Jake was just behind her, quietly calculating his assault rifle trained directly upon the Foundation commander's head. And Monica let herself be wielded by the heart of her people, her soul forged into the shape of the tool they needed to defend their homes and lives from those that would take them. Finn. Man, that was a journey. <laughs> I... Because at the beginning, when you were like, you're, it was, there's a lot of like 
it's ends or butts at the front of at the very beginning, like the first like kind of I guess intro bit where she was escaping. Mm-hmm. So I was worried that like, oh man, she, he's like gonna find like a there's gonna be like a bunch of them, I guess, like throughout the rest of the story. But then it just cuts away to the cafeteria, <laughs> and then to Norman's conversation, and then suddenly Jake has a gun pointed at a at a Foundation Army general. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Jesus. <laughs> In the cafeteria, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then Jake's out there behind her at the window of the cafeteria with the gun out the window, pointing at a at a at a Foundation Army general (laughs) that's nearby. He's probably like standing up against a wall with a blindfold on and a cigarette in his mouth as as the general is about to be executed by him or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And when it brought up the the part with the torch earlier, which is like. It didn't even have a lighter. Then all of a sudden, there was a torch in her hand. It blotted out the sun. He dropped it, and it incinerated everything in its path. It made it sound like it was falling, like burning through the ground. Yeah, it's like the most epic, powerful blowtorch. Yeah, just to light her mat, her her cigarette. Yeah, burning uh, a tunnel to China because of it now. Yep. Yeah, and for those unaware, Mikey does these strings of sentences to highlight all the sentences in the story that start with words that they probably shouldn't, like it's ands or buts, because there's always better words. Indeed. Uh, and Gamer, you're up now. No, I'm not. You have nothing for Grammar Inquisition? No. Okay. Um, all right, then I guess we move on to actual thoughts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with this thing here. After half an hour of walking through rocky scree and dry trees, Monica re- Monica realized that she was not in Manhattan. Scree, a collection of broken rock fragments at the base of a cliff or other steep rocky mass that has accumulated through periodic rockfall. Thanks, Wikipedia. I learned a new word today. Yeah, me too. Or like a new term for like geology and or like geography. <laughs> Because uh, I was like, "What the hell, scree?" <laughs> but yeah, I actually typo at first, hmm? yeah, that was a typo yeah. or something at first. Yeah, but like now I have a, a name for that because I know exactly what it is now, and like I've seen it, and I have context to that, like in my own life, like I, or like from what I've seen in like movies and and uh, like Natural Geographic and stuff. So, mm-hmm. also, damn, is that is some tunnel vision, <laughs> uh, Monica. <laughs> Not realizing you're in uh, Manhattan, <laughs> or th- this isn't Manhattan. Um, either that, or it's like I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. Like, is it that kind of like term, or like turn of phrase? I don't know. I don't know because it's like yeah. I mean, clearly she's in like a rocky, like a a Rocky Mountain like forest area, and that's clearly not Manhattan. It's like I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. I don't think I'm in Manhattan anymore. <laughs> um. It is a little weird. Stating the obvious. Yeah. Because otherwise we wouldn't have context where she was. I guess. Yeah. I mean, she could be in like, like North of Manhattan. Like to me, I got the sense that she was like on the West coast. Um, I, I don't know why, but I, I didn't even, I forgot like also like that there was even trees and forests and stuff. So I just assumed she was out in the desert because she, she escaped a, 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 a foundation containment facility. And I just assumed those are all in deserts. <laughs> Or but, somewhere where you can't escape, where where you can't um, uh, find find shelter or like cover very easily if you escape. There was a primer for this. You no, know, there was yes, and yeah, you're right. There was an image. I know, I know. I just I I my memory was very shot for a second. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, regardless. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the next thing I have here, uh, there was something inside her, and this is a link to SCP. Like th- those those words, there was uh, there was something inside her, uh, are a link to SCP three three nine six. So guess what we're doing next week, guys? <laughs> Wait, there was a hidden URL in here? Yeah, there was. I yep. did not see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the words there was something inside of her are a hyperlink to the SCP entry three three nine six, which kind of just goes in and explains like what what the uh the origin of her powers are and like what, what SCP gave her her abilities. Um but yeah, we'll be we'll be doing that next week, guys. <laughs> Can't find it <laughs> right, it's at the beginning These urls on sc-wiki.wiki.com god damn they hide them so much i know there it is it was Jesus even isolated. It, it's like <laughs> it's so close it just has a very slight maroon i know it. i hate it i i, I like, gamer like this is the one i don't i don't know if this is a cadaver commander issue or if this is an scp foundation issue but like if you're gonna put a hyperlink like that, please. For the we've said it before, we'll say it again, like a choir of angels. <laughs> please, bold the the hyperlinks in your your entries and stories where there are hyperlinks to another SCP entry. It doesn't necessarily have to be bold. It could just be you know a color that isn't just off black. The problem with that, especially for this story, is that there there is ton there are several instances in the story where there are colored words that I immediately thought were were also hyperlinks. But whenever I pass them by, it's like, oh, they're not hyperlinks. That's weird. I guess it's just for the format that Cadaver Commander is using for like different dialogue and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, please just 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 put it just make it bold. Like that's. I, I think them all underlined because they get underlined oh, yeah. when you highlight them anyways. Underline would also be acceptable, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was just me kind of segueing, like, I, like to, kind of hinting that what we're doing next week because <laughs> we're gonna cover the entry of SCP three three nine six. Yeah, when you were doing the rundown and you're like you're saying very uh, like specific things, yeah, very specifically, like this, the, this the reason that the powers are what they are is because of three three nine six. No, specifically, like I know at the bottom it says the previous story was that, but there's no proof. Yeah. Oh, but there is. Oh, there is. Is that there. is is that is that part of like why you don't like the story or why you didn't? No. Like, why you're not gonna reckon? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I'll move on. Um, it had taken all her frustration, all her hatred, her misery, and doubt, and blackened determination, everything that she was as a human person, and smelted it into a shape. The shape that had hammered her life to pieces and defended the shards again and again. The shape that represented what she was to the world. The shape of a gun. Credits. <laughs> yeah, literally. A little bit, yeah, just like, again, that, that whole shtick of just like, you name drop, you, you title dropped. Uh, which is funny because the story does that <laughs> at the end. <laughs> but. I digress. Uh, Moving to the next thing here. She had thousands now. Millions. Pistols, rifles, grenade launchers, howitzers, cruise missiles, and other things that the human animal had not yet been able to imagine. 
great expanses of black powder, rivers of bullets, and endless fields of firearms now rested in a space just behind her own life. And she had used them to escape. You know, I'm beginning to see an Americana trend with cadaver commander entries and stories. <laughs> it's not exact. I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but like, I'm just noticing like, there's a, like, I think every entry or story that like cadaver commander has made has been like very, like has had like some aspect of Americana, like car, like, like fast cars, explosions, bullets and guns. Um, right. What the, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like the truck, the, I think, I think cadaver commander is also behind the trucker, like that, 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 that eldritch trucker guy. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so it's just like, and like, again, like I, I, I'm not like saying anything bad really about it. Um, it's just, I like that we have like continuity with the, with the, uh, like we, we know what the flavor of cadaver commander is <laughs> when it comes to SCP entries. Like it's going to have something to do with like Eldritch Americana. Night hauler. That was the truck guy. Yeah. The night hauler. Yeah. Um, and even like to a degree, if you want to kind of go into uh, this will kind of segue in, or into some stuff that I have um, moving forward in my story, in my, uh, my notes here. Um, even like heroic comic book store style kind of things like this whole superpower kind of supervillain superhero kind of aspect of this story also is kind of Americana in a way because of like, you know, Superman and like the DC comics and the Marvel comics and stuff like that, <clears throat> which kind of, I kind of got a vibe off of and I'll elaborate more on that in my notes here. When you bring up Superman first, wasn't he invented by a Canadian? He was, but he's still American. <laughs> All right. Cause he, he, he was not like published in Canada. He was published in America to be the, the good old American boy. Like his origin story. He was, bo- he was, <laughs> He's an alien from a distant land, Canada, or I mean Krypton, and and woke up in, and and was and was fostered by parents in Kansas. Uh, wow. There's a little bit more meta comment commentary on Superman, I guess, in that. A little bit. Um, but I digress again. Moving on. Uh, here's the deal. I'm only alive now because I've got the sense to stay on the winning side. I know what's going on out there. The foundation is losing. I'm not a loser. And now neither are you. I have wheels, equipment, money, contacts, and information. You've been out of the system for years, Monica. Unless you want to make a monster out of yourself, you need my help. All you have to do is not shoot me. Monica looked into his eyes, blue and cold, and made a choice. Bang! <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that didn't happen, but it was like, that was why, like, as I was reading that, that was, like, the thing that popped in my head the, the, the most, like, prominently. <laughs> it's just like, she made a choice. Bang! <laughs> yeah, I have expected the, the next lines to be describing his, like, de- decapitated corpse or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or even like that would have been funny if she'd even said that like to him. It's just like bang, and then it cuts to the next thing. <laughs> but and actually, so what are you saying earlier with the images at the beginning of the story, and then like when the story shifts to a different location and timeline, we get another image of like the first ones like of like mountains and forests, and the other ones of uh, like a, a ruined cityscape, <clears throat> but uh, a couple pages down. So what did um, you view this one as? 
because it clearly this wasn't one, a ruined cityscape to you. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, okay. Um, because it was a little bit more prominent there. I don't know. Mm. Um, the I I like the images. And I think they're good. Like they're not necessary, but they're a good little like kind of visual um establishing shot for the two general locations of the story setting. I almost say they are necessary in a way. Because like it's a huge shift from part one to part two there. And the headers there also separate the story. That's true. One part two. Yeah. I mean I could take them or leave it, but like I guess more more prominently like keep them. Because like the story also uses like horizontal lines to cut up like different scenes or different locations within the general big bigger location right is there um, i don't think there yeah, is there's, yeah yep. there's a couple yeah, yeah there's a couple of uh, horizontal lines that break up scenes like after she passes out then it cuts to a horizontal line and then she's in the oasis care center yep so um but yeah i think i i do think like i'm, I'm kind of starting to lean more to like what you're just saying like it is they are actually maybe more necessary because just of how big of a of a scope of or change there is from like the location slash timeline. Cause like it's been about a year and they're no longer in like the wood, like some rural location. They're now in like clearly a, like a, a an urban environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of get a sense of what that environment looks like because it's all like kind of ramshackle and, and ruinous and a, almost post-apocalyptic in a way. Plus it makes the story just look cool and unique. Yeah. Well, and again, that's one of the things that I've come to expect from a cadaver commander uh, entry and story is that like they he they generally tend to do like a lot of formatting um to kind of like flourish and pretty up the the uh the look and layout the graphic design really t- uh, speaks to me as, a, as yeah, always like the headers that are on the top of all the scp entries yeah and even yeah. like the use of the um in this story specifically the use of dialogue that is different because like she's talking to norman who's this like el- who's now this eldritch creature or this eldritch entity um so his like and his thoughts are like loud and telepathic and blue so until they aren't which i'll get to in a second (laughs) in in a moment um but yeah again he uses font colors and 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 size and now images to kind of like help uh illustrate his story even more and again as a graphic designer it speaks to me Um. But I'll move on. The next thing here. <clears throat> Monica dismissed the artillery cannons and summoned a battery of six surface-to-surface missile packs. She fired them all simultaneously, sending no less than 120 high-explosive missiles shrieking through the air towards the irritating freak. So it was at this point that I was I was just like, this is the start of me just kind of digging the superhero s quality of all this like the, the sort of like the epicness of like this situation and i was like it, it was reminding me of all the ideas that i've come up with and i've like shared on this show and like on when less die our sister podcast of like superhero horror and the fact that somebody is actually taking the scp foundation and kind of doing that i'm like really digging that in this story uh more on that in a moment Apparently, I have a lot of things just like, now hold on, because there's other there's some other quotes and comments and stuff that that I will get to that are connected to stuff I mentioned earlier. <laughs> um, but I have this one here. Um, Part of her was going to miss him. The perfectly black sludge 
with its somehow distantly sparkling stars was almost pretty if you ignored the fact that it effortlessly devoured everything it touches. Wait, Mikey? The E stands for evil? (laughs) You didn't tell me you were in this. (laughs) What's going on here, buddy? (laughs) Also, as as a quick aside, I'm kind of surprised that we only get one hyperlink to an entry when it's uh, like when this when this creature like this th- this seems like an SCP entry like an SCP entity, but it, I guess maybe it, either it hasn't been like this is a cadaver commander original that he hasn't gotten around to, um, making an entry for, or maybe it isn't maybe it's just like a, like kind of a, a random like entity that he's come up with and or or what oh, have you referring to the the thing that uh, Monarch was fighting. Yeah, the pale man, like the mm-hmm. the warping pale man, uh, with the, uh, the 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 star stuff sludge or the um, the Mikey sludge, <laughs> <laughs> um, or like when when she's referencing like some of the other like being the like people who have been mutated by similar like entities or like anomalies uh, in the cafeteria. I'm surprised we don't get like entries for those for those as well. Um, but again, I get because like to me, Norman could all you know what Norman could also like Norman could have been afflicted and changed by that anomaly, the uh, the flying meat thing or the flying meat amalgam from the mother. Now that I'm thinking about it, but um, yeah, it just it just like came up as like, wait, Mikey, these stands for evil. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you in there in the sludge? <laughs> Or is that one of your relatives? Yeah, probably one of my relatives. Ah. <laughs> it's Christy, the East Ends Free. <laughs> uh but I, I digress. I'll move on to the actually something so revolving about the um the super villainy stuff. Uh <clears throat> um you fight supervillains. I stay very far away from the supervillains and give you occasional devi- advice. She nodded absently and stretched speaking of which did you learn anything useful to, uh, yesterday about the whatever he made an apologetic expression no turned out to be a dead end guy only had level two security clearance when he left i don't know what that means there's five levels the higher your clearance the more you're allowed to know i was level three and I only ever got hints in heavily redacted reports. So a level two guy isn't going to know anything we don't already know. What did you do with him? So there's a few things here I wanted to kind of like digest from that. I may need to dig into this canon of the SCP, the um, the apotheosis uh, thing, foundation, or the apotheosis uh, canon. Because this sounds right up my jam with the whole like again like the superpowered like beings that are create that are like get their powers from anomalies from the SCP Foundation. Um, connectedly, the the whole like superpowered like somebody getting superpowers from uh from anomalies uh, from the SCP. Kind of, I, I I'm pretty sure this came first, as I should probably have looked that up before I started the show today. <laughs> Okay, so this came out in 2018, and yep. just want to double check something here again. 
Well, it, if you go ah. to the Apotheosis Hub, yeah, it tells you the order. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Um, okay, so this this story specifically was written um, back in 2018. The game, the video game Control, came out in 2019. Um, so I, and I'm not like, again, not throwing like, oh, like they're connected or like somebody ripped uh, somebody off kind of thing. Not saying that at all. I just, it was this, this story was actually giving me control vibes because of the whole, like getting superpowers from SCP esque anomalies. Getting specifically a gun related. There's yeah. I was like the, the gun thing also doesn't help because yeah. that's like straight up a power that Jesse gets in. Uh, uh, that that's her main power in 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 control is that she has a gun that can change to different types of guns, uh, not to the extent or like craziness of uh, of Monica here, uh, also a female uh, protagonist, <laughs> um, but it it's it's very similar. And then yeah, like she's also the leader of like a ragtag crew of people that are afflict- that are also afflicted, no, um, which. From the sounds of it, uh, so we uh, recently they released uh, some some teaser Im- images for Control Two, and oh. Control Two sounds like it's going to be leaving the old house, the oldest house, and going onto the streets of New York. <laughs> so it's going to so, be open world. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, might have might have a like an area where they or might uh, be a spot where they we're actually going to be going to um, altered world events in the real world. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, this story was also like on top of giving me like superhero horror vibes that like I've been kind of mulling over and craving for the last couple of years. It also gave me some serious control vibes. Um, and I know that's not intentional, but it's just it's a happy coincidence to me. Um, I also like the exposition, like how the exposition in the story is dispersed on like information about the SCP Foundation, um, like through character interaction, through like character dialogue and stuff like even the state of like parts of the world here, like about like how old Vegas and stuff like that. And like how it's become a hub for these mutants and their, their sympathizers. And then even like Jake here explaining like how the SCP secured, like classified security um, uh, rankings work. (laughs) Uh, It was, it was a nice little bit of like explaining the world of the SCP foundation and this apotheosis canon in general through the story, through dialogue. I enjoyed I do feel like that anyone reading this has probably read a fair number of SCP entries before, so probably already knows about the whole clearance um, level situation. Yeah, but it's nice to have somebody in character talk about it, right? I mean, fair. And also, he wasn't talking to us, the reader, who is telling Monica. He's telling just Monica about it, you know? (laughs) Yes, but in a story, that's how the, the, the author explains something to the reader, is by having a character explain it to somebody else. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, also, yes, just Monica. <laughs> mm-hmm. God damn it. That, that definitely came to mind a couple of times. Yeah. While the story was going on. Uh, but the next thing here, uh, Monica scoffed. Some people just don't want help. I think some people don't want to live in the ruins of a city populated almost entirely by mutants and mutant sympathizers. The nerve... We even have running water sometimes, and we're really nice people. No, I'm really nice people. You're a big meanie. The Queen of Spades gasped. You take that back. Nope. Come on, let's get some food in you, champ. They walked away together, one silently in love, 
the other glad to be alive. Duh. Is this a buddy horror? Or I guess kind of, but also potentially a para romance. Mm. <laughs> that that's what was going through my mind when like I read that. Like, Aw, Jake. Jake really. Uh, I, now I'm I'm guessing that it meant like Jake is silently in love with Monica, and Monica is just glad to be alive. Unless it's the other way around. <laughs> it's framed to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Jake might just be glad to be alive because of the first encounter. Yeah. And Jake and Jake and and Monica secretly has a crush on Jake all this time. Hmm. Which yeah, again, I like how it. Le- I kind of like how it le- leaves it like for the uh, for the the fan the the readers to like ship their uh, their own do their own shipping. I guess you can choose your shipping method. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'll move on to the next thing I have here. Monica had accepted the role of totalitarian ruler, foisted upon her by the citizenry, but she staunchly refused many of the expected perks that went with it. Foisted? So foisted is a verb. Impose an unwelcome or unnecessary person or thing on on, on a person, like on, on somebody. I, again, another wor- new word I learned, because I... I always thought it was just hoisted or like thrust upon. I didn't, I've, I've never heard. I don't think I've ever heard like the, with, with an F at the end, at the beginning, foisted. Yeah, I don't so think I've was, heard either, but it makes sense that there's an actual word that only means that instead of using other words to refer to it. Cause many okay. things can be thrusted upon. Yeah, that's true. Which also means that you like that element of this. <laughs> Yeah, so we're learning new words. That's only have word. one uh, use. Yeah, unlike everything else in the English language. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next thing I have here. So this is in regards to like some of the characters that we meet or kind of like get described to us in the cafeteria. Uh, one had been mutated to be utterly enormous, over nine feet tall, with cherry red skin and large tusks. He had taken the nickname Ogre, but was known to be a sweetheart despite his fearsome appearance. So he goblinized into a troll or even like a very large um, Oni sub-variant of the, o- of the orc from Shadowrun. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> yeah. um, honestly, this could easily be placed in my Rexurge campaign setting. Like, this is just what happened to Las Vegas during the Rexurge. Uh, check out our sister podcast once again. One less die to hear about the Rex Surge campaign. <laughs> um, alternatively, any number of superhero systems or systems that allow for weird powers and monsters would work to run this as a game setting. Which I kind of, again, I like the idea of this for for game fodder. So like you could use like mutants and masterminds, uh, the fate system, or even monster and other childish things. So. As I was reading this, the story the story got me like again. I it started with that like superhero horror element that it was at the very beginning with the uh, with her fighting the supervillainous like warp pale man, um, and then I just started continuing that game fodder like kind of just started like festering and mutating in my mind as I was reading the story. Uh, next thing here, uh, Monica had no idea where he went or where he stayed when he wasn't around. He had only been coming to the Oasis for a few months. He and Monica 
had been imprisoned at the same site. And she remembered him as being a quiet, contemplative kind of guy before his transformation. And she supposed that still held true, but she really wasn't sure. God, this again, continuing on my my train of thought here, D-Class turned into superheroes slash supervillains by the SCP objects they're they're testing. It's just so cool to me. <laughs> I just can't get over it. I'm sorry. Fair. Like, I'd, I'd almost want to run a game based on this and just call it, like, the, the title of the campaign is just D-Class. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you're just... you do your characters, would you, like, pick your favorite S- SCP and find out how that would transfer its anomalous effect onto you? Yeah, yeah, no, like, just basically, yeah, like, choose your choose your favorite SCP entity and give a person powers based on that entity. Like, nice. that's how I would do it. Like, and... I'm going to I'm going to continue this this running thing here I have with like how I love this stuff with this next quote in common. Um, I would choose my powers from uh what's his name? SCP the the goo, the little, like cookie eating uh, goo. Yeah, SCP 999. Yeah, SCP 999. <laughs> also we're going to be covering that at some point this month. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to do that one cuz he's just so cute. He is. Um so yeah, on to my next uh, my next quote here. Uh, uh, you should come around more often norm you don't have to stay away and be a stranger you've got it worse than the rest of us but we're all changed uh, we're all changed too and we can empathize at least a little bit you're you're valuable not just as a tactical asset but as a person you don't have to be alone you have a family right here you just have to give us a chance again daw this is some fucking wholesome. What what kind of wholesome horror story are we reading here? <laughs> um, no, I love it. Like this is this is something straight out of like how I would run a weird kids like adventure or campaign in Monster and Other Childish Things. Like there's literally like there's uh, Monster and Other Childish Things is a is a one roll engine. Um, rule set to allow you to build characters with monster friends and usually the monster friends are like eldritch abominations that just want to be your best friend um so basically like saturday morning cartoon sort of hijinks but there's also options in the rules for playing weird kids or creepy kids which give you points similar to how you build a monster but you get to like kind of fine-tune and make your own like uh abilities that the kids can wield, not just the mon. You're not. You're not just a kid with a monster friend like Digimon or Pokemon. You're. You are the monster, but you're also a kid. Um, and there's various like campaigns in that setting or in that rule set that allow you to like do this. And it's kind of reminded me of this. Like there's one, uh, the um, the mysteries of Candlewick Manor, or or just Candlewick Manor. I think is one of the uh, the campaign frames where you are a creepy weird kid who's at an orphanarium and uh, you, you end up at this orphanarium. It's kind of like uh turn of the century or like it's a vague, like anachronistic kind of timeline. Um, but it's also this small little like Valley and with a town and stuff. And there's people in the town that you can actually like bond with and, and connect with. So it's, it's got that kind of um, found family, like getting back, like, like kind of coming together with your weirdness to form a sort of like, brotherhood or x-men sort of like kind of um sort of a found family vibe 
Uh, and again, I was getting some of that through this through uh, through Monica's uh, interactions with people like Norm. So, um, <laughs> and then we have this that's just going to completely uh, shoe like just just completely change gears for a moment. A spear of sunlight stabbed through the clouds in Monica's mind, killing her instantly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There was a smell of fresh wind and the sound of profoundly rustling trees. Oh, oh, this is that was a metaphor. That was that was an analogy of like his happiness kind of piercing through the shadow. My bad. <laughs> just Norman just had enough of her shit. He's like, yes. nope, you're done. I yeah, it, turns out, it turns out Norman's actually like the villain here. It's like, by the way, like while she has her, her uh, while she's um, got her, her defenses down with this wholesome uh, conversation, I stab you. <laughs> He is a really accurate angel, so a spear of light is pretty like on brand. Norman's spear of sunlight isn't that just scorching ray? Shut up. Yes. <laughs> um. And yeah, so that again, just a silly thing that I came up that I was like when I was reading this. Um. So, I said earlier about like how Cadaver Commander uses blue text for. Uh, like bold, bold blue text for for Norman's like conversation to, or like dialogue because he doesn't speak normally. He kind of has this like kind of booming telepathic voice that he speaks in, or not like not not booming, like not not booming initially anyway. Like it's like just like it's very unnerving because it's like multiple voices talking at the same time. It's actually all caps, not bold. Oh, is it not bold? I thought. It, oh, you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not bold. My bad. Um. So he no, is yelling it. <laughs> hang on. No, it is bold. It is bold, actually. It doesn't look bolded to me. Yeah. I, I pulled it into Google Docs like and didn't touch anything about it. So the formatting is the same. And it's it's uh, all caps. And it's using the bold according to the, the font setup. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, here. So here's here's something that this is an instance where I think there should be a slight change. Um, so this is the quote. Uh, his voice was as loud as thunder, exploding through the minds of everyone in the oasis simultaneously. The cool blue glow that Norman gave became <clears throat> that Norman gave became tortured and red. And then, in all capped, bold blue font, we get this: soldiers, hundreds, entering the wreck district from the western gate. Guns, armor, war machines. It is the foundation. They've come for us. Their commander intends to capture the citizens of Old Vegas and kill all who resist. We must defend. We must defend our home now. So, at first, while I was reading the story and kind of getting into it, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm on Team Old Vegas. Fuck the foundation. That aside, in terms of like, going into the formatting that cadaver commander here has set up i kind of wish this font or like this this uh dialogue had been changed from blue text to red text to match mm. what he just said in yeah. the in the description <laughs> that's fair um also i gotta say it's a little weird that he's so like we must defend our home meanwhile right before that he's <laughs> saying like he doesn't really come around very much and like he doesn't feel like he's 
a part of this place. And then all of a sudden he's like, fuck yeah, I'm part of this place. Well, yeah, because she was talking to him and kind of like telling him, like inviting him, like, you know, you don't have to be a loner. Like you can, you don't have to be such an introvert. Like you, you have a family here. We, we care about you, man. Like you're not just, a, you're not just a, an asset tactically. You're an asset as a person. Like I loved that. Like I loved that line. <laughs> like you're not like you're, you're an asset, not just tactically, but as a person. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, we, she did say are, all that, but it didn't seem like he 100% like, gave, uh, not gave in, but agreed with her. They didn't do the, uh, you son of a bitch, like, uh, handshake situation. How do you yeah. do that with a creature that has multiple hands with eyeballs? There's multiple options. <laughs> it's like, Monica, you son of a bitch. Slap. Ow! <laughs> My eye! <laughs> Maybe that was the, um, the ray of, the the of sunlight that yeah. happened earlier. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I guess, but I still think like it, it, it fits. Um, then the next one here, <laughs> apparently I just go from like, like cool, awesome to just like silly things. Cause I got this one here. It's like, so this is when the army shows up with the foundation and like it introduces the commander, their commander, a tall man with no mask spoke aloud. Oh no, no mask, no mask. It's the king in yellow. Run! Yes. Why is he working for the foundation? No, the foundation works for him. Understand? Oh, shit. <laughs> the boss showing up. Yeah, it's it's the admiral in yellow mm-hmm. showed up. Yeah, because there's that whole thing of like all the other SCP agents, like foundation agents, uh, like are like in black armor and and gas masks, but they're <laughs> the 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 important NPC. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, doesn't have the mask on, so you can see his express, his face, and and what have you. It's video game and movie logic. Whoever has yes. a helmet is a grunt that will be killed. Yep. <laughs> and whoever doesn't has dialogue and potential plot arc. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace, Carmine. Oh yeah, except for him. He's the. That's the except only he... uh, uh, <laughs> exception to the rule. And even then, he dies every time. Yeah. Well, that's from. Yeah, he does. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there has been a like even the la- the one that didn't die initially died eventually. Yeah, because he still did wear a helmet. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gears of War. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, just again, <laughs> the no mask part really got me <laughs> with the King in Yellow stuff because in the fictional play in the book of the King in Yellow. Uh, the main character, one of the, like the king, the 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 cast member on the stage, um, they're all the all the cast members on the stage are told to like remove their masks, and then when the king in yellow doesn't, the somebody's like, uh, please remove your mask, and he's like, I wear no mask, and then the person's like, no mask, no mask, and then that's when the riots start happening and the burning of the theater and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. <clears throat> um, but on to my final actual. Uh, actual thought here. Uh, we will never submit to your tyranny. We are different, but we are still people, and we will die for the right to remain free. Come and bring your hate. Bring me your conquest. Push upon us, enemies of liberty, and know our defiance. We will turn you back. We are the free state of Vegas, and we will not be moved the free men and women thundered with their pride their yearning to live their right to thrive 
and stood upon their ground. And Monica let herself be wielded by the heart of her people, her soul forged into the shape of the tool they needed to defend their homes and lives from those that would take them. The shape of a gun. God damn. <laughs> um, like, just personally, like, I, I got to the end of the story and I'm just like, I was just like, um, more, please. <laughs> I would like to, I would like to read more of this. <laughs> Cause it was like very much like, today we're celebrating our independence day. Like, we got that like much like excitement and hype <laughs> going. But, um, and you don't actually see the final battle. <laughs> it's like yeah, you're well, just yeah. watching the movie right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We will not go quietly into the night. Today we celebrate our independence day. And then there's like all like the, uh, the excitement and all that stuff. And then as it starts towing down, it just Correct. fades to black and cuts out. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's when the, that's when the power goes out. It's like no. Now, I mean, there might be more because uh, I mean, this is a uh, uh, a canon, so there's more stories. But who knows? Yeah, <laughs> there might be more of Monica, just Monica. <laughs> it's necessary, honestly. What? It kind of gets the the point across of what they're doing. Like, oh yeah, yeah. How much? How many more battles would just kind of say the same thing over? I mean, I still want to read more about this like setting. <laughs> Fair. But that's I guess apparently that's just me. <laughs> so um, and just Monica. Yeah, and just Monica. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but I will relieve myself of the, the, the microphone <laughs> and the spotlight. Mikey, the East Ends for Evil. Take it away. All right. Um Well, I'm gonna start sort of where you uh, almost ended off with the, their commander. Uh, a tall man with no mask spoke aloud. Um, so there's a reason why the rest of the Foundation have masks. So the fact that he doesn't have one probably means that he's a mutant. Okay. Elaborate. <laughs> well, I don't want to get into uh, details because it's spoilers for that link that uh, was there. Oh, really? Okay. On. Okay. Sure. Um, because I actually read it because it was a link. Um, oh. Wow. Oh, oh, dare. wow. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> to be fair, um, I didn't. I didn't put in the email for for this week. Like, don't don't. We're we're gonna do the next like that that hyperlink after. But yeah, I didn't warn uh, you guys about that until we're recording. So my bad. Yeah. So it, that that just makes this final fight even more. I want to see it. <laughs> OK, I'm very interested now to actually read that entry. <laughs> but uh, again, the, the problem is that this story ends before the fight. Yeah, like that that's. Uh, probably my number one complaint <laughs> that, I, is that we uh, I want more. <laughs> yeah. So where I was like, oh, Disney uh, princesses there. Yeah. So where I was like, uh, I want more, please. Like I would, I like I really like this. What's going on? And you're just like, kind of like, I want more. Therefore, I hate this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, and then 
picking it back do, 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 to the uh, the first sort of transition. So we end with Monica making a choice, and then all of a sudden we're dealing with the Queen of Spades, and until it goes on that to say that Monica is the Queen of Spades, I assumed it was someone else. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't very clear. Yeah. I mean, it does work its way out, but I, I can get that. I don't, I don't even get why that's her nickname or one of her nicknames. I. It's Las Vegas, so maybe it had something to do with the casino situation, like a cards thing. But maybe. Yeah, I, yeah, it it isn't. Pro- I I will give you guys this much: it isn't properly explained why she got that nickname. Like, aside from mm-hmm. her being the queen of of old Vegas, so like the queen of spades, like because haha, it's a card gambling new Las Vegas. But yeah, I, I kind of wish. I, I now I kind of wish that had been explained as like why she got the queen of spades as a as a moniker for Monica. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. That um, took uh, a little bit just because it, until I explained that it was Monica's like, oh, okay, this is the same person from earlier and not some other person. I was yeah. just sort of annoyed by that. Okay. So. And that's the end of my actual thoughts. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of going back to the Queen of Spades thing. You know, what I, I, what, I, what kept coming to my mind when I was like, when I was, kept reading that moniker for her was it's, is it like it's supposed to be a take on the Queen of Blades, i.e. Kerrigan from StarCraft? <laughs> I mean, maybe. I, 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 cause like, and again, like the Queen of Blades, like that's, that's what her name is, like as the Zerg Queen, like the Queen of all the Zerg and stuff. Who are also like mutated, gene stealing, like or like weird abominations and stuff like that in the eyes of other people. Um, and then like again, it's very close to like the Queen of Spades, which is also a, again, I, I think it is a is a play on the whole like cards and gambling thing of of Vegas. Maybe, but but it's there's not. No, it, yeah. There's nothing showing that she's like a gambler or anything. And well, it no, would be a better yeah. moniker if she, I don't know, someone doubled. If she was the <laughs> best shoveler ever. If she was in fact dozer had dozer's powers. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, well, we we all know the gamer in yellow would actually be the king of spades, because you shovel well, you shovel, shovel very, very well. well. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, I, I again, I will, I will concede, and I actually like agree with you guys. It's like I think that that could have been something that maybe should have been explained while they were walking to the cafeteria, like why she has the moniker of the queen of, of spades. And also the Baroness of Old Vegas, and well, the Baroness of Old Vegas. Vegas makes sense because she's the de facto leader of the city now. Yeah, but that's explained like that she is the leader of the city by the by the citizenry, so she's the Baroness of of Old Vegas. Like there we go, bam. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit of context on that would be nice. Yes, hmm. and they could do that in fiction mm-hmm. of just like some new um, mutant shows up and that new mutant asks how she got her moniker. Yeah. So then she's not just telling us for the sake of telling us because we don't know. Yeah, it's not just like the the uh, the um 
the uh, omnipresent narrator explaining that it's it's actually Monica talking and telling somebody else. So, yep. Uh, gamer, you're up then. <laughs> okay, so this is my all right. I'm gonna get my gonna get my uh, my armor on. <laughs> okay, your safe your security blanket with you. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's wrapped. My 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 safety cloak is, is my uh, my safety blanket uh, that's been converted into a cloak is is now on. All right. Okay. Lay it right. on me. Why do you hate the story, Gaber? So very first line. Uh, Monica Pinkston hefted her 150 pound rotary fire cannon over her shoulder inside. So it, uh, when I read that, I also sighed because there's no such thing as a minigun grenade launcher. But considering the title of this, maybe this has something to do with the fact that she can make any shape of gun, real or not. So let's see. That was just my note at the time. But mm-hmm. it started me off at a kind of like, uh, kind of situation, you know? Also, it's the media res. Yeah, that too. Which is something <laughs> that, I totally love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it never annoys me. That's fair. <clears throat> it does seem like the biggest battles in this are not shown. A, her, her breaking out of the facility, which I'm sure was not easy, and the huge Lord of the Rings style battle at the end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, we're seeing like the sub-boss fights, but not the boss fights. Yeah. But I'll move on. Uh, okay. This is referring to um, Monica's number is uh, 77777. Uh, one hour ago, Monica had been named D77777. Uh, this has made her somewhat noteworthy in the minuscule community to which she had become accustomed. Uh, Lucky Seven, they'd call her. So, in regards to that, wouldn't there be at least three more Lucky Sevens? Because there would be seven, 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 seven. There'd be seven, 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 and seven, seven. Are they yeah. also lucky people? Or like, would it be like, yeah, like three sevens, five sevens, seven sevens, or like? Would it be like would it just be odd numbers that are the lucky ones? Oddly enough, <laughs> well, I think well seven is the generic lucky number. Yeah. Also, shouldn't she be the lucky one if it's like seven 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 like seven sevens? <laughs> we have to stop saying seven or we'll lose it. <laughs> or, or or the number or the, the the term loses all meaning. Yeah, for sure. But yes, you're right. If it was seven sevens, yeah. it would be even more unique. And that is seven sets of seven. Yes. Please stop saying seven. I'm sorry. And uh, it's interesting to note that she became accustomed to the community within an hour. What? But it says one hour ago, Monica had been named D777. This had made her somewhat noteworthy in the minuscule community that to which she had become accustomed. No, oh. no. <laughs> Thank you, gamer, for being on my side in this instance. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Wait, my... no, no, you bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, like an hour ago, she was lucky number She's seven, and she was like lamenting about how, like, in the past, like over the like, before that hour she had been like all this stuff had happened to her about this lucky number seven. But then an hour later, she was turned into this like superpowered monster. Yeah. So. Orgo was the, um, the escape. Mm-hmm. Yes. That we did not see. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My whole point with that is like, is everyone that has repeating numerals all like, 
celebrities, basically. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, like, right, like, like what? Like D class CC or CC six six six. Like, like oh man, we call him the Beast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh... Like honestly, like that just might just be prison. Like at least from prisoner movies and some of that. That just that, to me, that's just like prisoner rules. Like. You have a lot well, of recurring numbers. You get a fucking nickname based off that. Well, <laughs> yeah, our well, first number is like one three three seven. You call him like Gamer Boy, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. or like three four three. All right, they're Spartan. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was the uh, three four three D- guilty spark? Oh wait, you, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So it's Spartan. Uh, Spartan one one seven. One one seven. Yeah, that's 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 what it was. I yeah. Wow. Halo used to be my favorite game too. Wow. Two. <clears throat> what well, what was that D class number of that guy that went to the portals? There. Actually, I I did not find his I, number. I found another guy's number. I tried looking. Um, I I tried looking that up because it, um he he was also that was also the one part of a story, right? Like numbers, yeah. like names. Yeah. I could like not that. find his number. Oh, that was in that was in that story though. What? Like that was the that was his name though, wasn't it? There are two guys. I have a note on this. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. okay sorry. <laughs> yeah, I tried finding that that the one that you're talking about the portals, but the title of the story wasn't D something, so I couldn't find it easily. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how to even search for that. I actually might be able to help with that because I have a half decent. Um, cataloging system of all the stories that we've read previously including the scp entries so of course like so you might be able to see if it's um an scp tale compared to an scp because yeah i don't have them uh, yeah i have a list of all the ones that we've done and like i've i like i i mark them off when we've done them yeah so give me a hot minute here or a cold one whatever (laughs) lukewarm maybe Mm -hmm. God, I have 16 pages of cough things. I believe it. Uh, yeah, I think in the future I might title stuff like this SCP Dash in the Shape of a Gun. So I know that's an SCP story. Yeah, that's what I did with this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, I found SCP 3379, which has the walrus. I think that's part of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> give me a second. I got to pull up the. Exploration log for D one one four two four. Yeah, that's the one I found. Yeah, that's and then the that's numbers. not the teleporter portal guy. Yeah, that yeah that was. No, it's not. He's in a wetsuit. He goes into a portal. Is that him? Yeah, he goes into a into a um a concrete gate, similar in appearance to this. Uh, and then give me a second. It goes aperture. Several, yeah, he, where he goes through like to another reality, and then he gets picked up by some walrus people. Um, and then the is one that... town of like weird dimensional stuff, like meets a Viking, meet meet some Vikings. Um, yeah, that's because I was I was scrolling through that, and it was basically the one where someone else is picking up the moniker of that person yes but it's not that, the story of that person uh, okay here we go numbers like like name uh, numbers like stories never die uh yeah it is the same guy it's the same number d11424 
And that's the one where it's like the reason why D11424 is so infamous is because like it's got a lot of stories behind it. So yeah, the story was basically an entire entry about it, it, it. The portal one is because it's it's the explore uh, uh, what it is is the exploration log for SCP three three seven nine, which is the uh, rectangular portal approximately eight meters beneath the surface of the Arctic Ocean, and that where like they found like a bunch of weird like stuff in, and then like D one one four two four goes in, sees a bunch of weird stuff, almost gets killed, and then like gets dumped back out through the portal and actually survives. Okay, but the numbers like stories never die is someone else taking on that moniker, but it's not that story of the no. portal. Okay, it's not the same story. Yeah, it's not the same. Like the portal is from the SCP entry. Numbers like stories never die is is a story is a separate story about how the fact that that the the D one one four two four number or designation has been recycled, and that's like what keeps creating like different like that's why there's so many different stories about D one one four two four. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Um, was this one also by Cadaver Commander? <laughs> no, there's no header on it. Uh, I, I'm actually going to check the history to see who wrote it. Oh, I think it might have been Captain Kirby. Based on the, yeah, on the first entry that, that came up. Yeah, it was by uh, by Captain Kirby. So Cadaver Commander and Captain Kirby. <laughs> um, so uh, moving on from the uh, Lucky Seven stuff. Um, it, it's kind of in the same vein, but I'll stay in Natural tendency with stay invisible, learn from the life of being hammered down. Like the lone nail, uh, whenever she stuck out. But a computer somewhere had elected to make her inescapably noticeable with five black sevens embedded in the orange of her back, like so many fish hooks. When I first read that, I I didn't click immediately that it was the orange jumpsuit. I thought it's like the orange of her back is like referring to the skin of her back, like she was tattooed mm-hmm. with all the sevens in it. God damn it. It wasn't very yeah. clear. But sure. I, I got it immediately after. Okay. Anyway, um, did people think that the other repeating sevens people were interesting too? Like, again, this is just another line that's basically saying the same thing that if you have a repeating number in your designation, you are interesting and noteworthy. I mean, it it might be it must be boring when you're not te- doing tests and just like in prison. <laughs> in, in, yeah, in I the, get uh, it, but they already system. said it once, so yeah hammering home on it again immediately after is a little much sure then um when i was reading this i was immediately having flashbacks to the the stories with uh d11424 and all that because it's sort of similar mm-hmm. but this, in my opinion this is like a much less likable um d class than 11424 really <laughs> yeah I, I found him like he was, he's more human you know and he's not like is he has no bad intentions. He's just trying to survive and get over there. Mm-hmm. He didn't hurt anybody, you know. He's just doing his thing and getting out. Okay. <laughs> and there was like no bad vibes from the guy. Like at the start with Monica, she's just like murdering like all the security guards and like the one person that's trying to help her, like starting to murder him and being like sassy and bitchy about everything. Wow. For no reason. I- I enjoyed that. Like, and, and it, like, yeah, she killed her way out of the, uh, the, the facility, but like, you'd have to, otherwise you're getting like taken out by, by, by their guards. And she, she had the chance to just completely nuke that site from orbit, but she chose not to. I say that ref- 
metaphorically because like she could have used one of her big guns to basically just destroy the entire facility completely but she chose to spare what was left mm-hmm. so i mean but yeah like i mean honestly like i i dug her as much as d11424 that makes one of us because I, I just didn't like her attitude at the start of it okay and yes later on she turns around to show that she has some humanity i suppose but i don't know it, it took a long time to get there and at that point i was kind of checked out wow and then we move on. So there's the the start section in the snow because it's totally in the snow because there's a picture there. Um, and then after it jumps ahead a year with city and all that. And at that jump, it's such a huge change of pace. Like it's incredibly jarring and weird that it all of a sudden becomes an anime. <laughs> like, am I right? Yeah. Kind of, but I didn't. Again, like we're we're very different today, or like we're we are exceptionally different today. Because I I really like yes, uh, like it was kind of jarring, but it does eventually like explain what's going on. And again, it tossed you back into media rest. Yeah, it has two instances of media uh, rest. Were, it, this story was doomed. This story was doomed from the get go with you. Yeah. Okay. No, like that's fair. Again, like I'm I'm gonna try and stop like countering you because like the again these are two very we have two very different opinions on this well i no, do i, I don't you want you to keep your mouth shut and not try to change my opinion because that's the whole point of us having a discussion is trying to see each other's side of the things and that's that's why i'm I'm keeping my mouth shut is so that i don't like well well you're actually wrong and like i don't want to like overimpose on you like to try and like like and like like to try like subconsciously to try and change your mind. Cause like, I do want to hear both of our sides of the story here. For sure. So. But again, the whole point that we give our initial recommendations and then our final yeah. recommendations is because sometimes our, our view of a story changes depending on what we talk about. And if you just sit there quietly and just let me say everything I say, you're not going to change my mind, but I don't want to change your mind. Cause if you don't like the story, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. <laughs> I am not against liking the story more. Okay. If you show me reasons to like it more. All right. In my reading, this is my my take of it. And if there's a better way to look at it, I'm happy to see it. Okay. So you, I'll, I'll try, you but... Sit there quietly, sitting on your hands, not doing anything. It's fine. Okay. Moving on. Uh, regarding the giant laser that she makes in the sky, the showstopper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind of a nitpick, I guess. It's referred to as an orbital cannon, but it's not clearly not orbiting the Earth. Like maybe it's a cannon made for orbiting the Earth that she's using in orbit. I guess. Y- yeah, like the way I the way the way I read it and the way I heard it, it sounded like a rift opened up and like this this giant orbital laser from another timeline or or something just like or just it just manifested where it shouldn't be. <laughs> For a few moments, so it could fire that that fire that gun and then dissolve back into its own reality or whatever. That's one thing. The whole thing is she summons guns and stuff like that. Yeah, but it doesn't really describe how they're summoned visually at all. The best we get is when she drops that that huge gun at the start; it just kind of disappears. Yeah, but it's very vague. I think that's the point because again, it's like this eldritch, unfathomable entity that's given her this ability. And it like even like she has this thing like this this these fields of of guns these rivers of bullets this like acres of 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 gunpowder behind her own life like it's 
yeah, I get the lore behind it, but I mean visually, if I'm standing there and Monica's summoning a whole bunch of artillery, do they just all of a sudden just pop into existence? I, or yeah. <laughs> are they like formed through like grabbing rubble and squeezing it together to make metal and shit like that? Or what is it? I think it just they just appear because that's how it's described in the story. Like she just like they just wink into existence and then with I think with the gun with the orbital gun, like I think you you there's like a, a like a crackling in the sky and like a rift opens up as the gun shows up. I um, did I, unless I fabricated my own shotgun, like like Monica. <laughs> uh, I send her hand towards the sky and and move nowhere. First off, that's weird. Uh, Calling down her coup de gras, the showstopper. The air above the intruder retched in a way that was horrible to look at, and a thunderclap cracked the sidewalks as a colossal tower of turning metal appeared in the sky. So it's turning metal. So it's like so, so it's, it's not just there; yeah. it's being formed. Yeah. So it's forming from from nothing or from like metal that's just appearing out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I I want to see more. This is the only instance I noticed, and just only on a second reading, that it's actually trying to describe the actual summoning procedure. I wonder I that a little bit clearer. Okay, I wonder if because of its immense size, that's how, why we're actually able to see its transformation, how it gets summoned. Because it's like when things get the bigger things get, the slower things like like the the slower things are. So like maybe like because of like it's just artillery, even the artillery guns, which are pretty big, but like they're still like small compared to like a giant orbital laser like maybe those just like are summoned and like the swirling like metal that like that shapes them is just like it's like a whir and then it's like it's happens in like a second so you don't get to see it or fully appreciate it but with something like the showstopper this giant orbital laser it takes a little bit more time for the metals to coalesce into its form i guess I just kind of wish it was more visual, that's all, because the way that it is, basically just spawning stuff in like you would spawn things in in a video game. Yeah, fair. It's a little silly in a way. I suppose. And then we move on to the Oasis being talked about. My question is, how did so many SCP-infected D-classes all get out over the span of a year? Like, there's an entire city, like, it doesn't say there are, but there are the way it's described, many uh, infected mutant and um, mutant sympathizers in this city. Like, how did they all get out? I I do agree. There should have been some, maybe some explanation, a little bit more. I, I would like to know a little bit more about how, like, people, like, maybe these are, because it doesn't say specifically D-class. Like, some of them are D-class, but, like, maybe not all of them are D-class. Maybe they're just some people who have been infected by an anomaly that the SCP Foundation hasn't, like, acquired yet or like or like been able to uh contain my other they all have very different powers so it's not like um in vegas uh some uh scp anomaly showed up and gave everyone powers and then left it's it's laid out like they were all given powers by different entities yeah but like at the foundation yeah so like but like maybe some of them are like ones from the facility that she broke out of and they escaped as like when she escaped um, like, cause like the one guy is from that facility, but I'm, what I was saying was like, maybe some of them are just like people out in the wild that like hadn't been contained yet by the, by the SCP foundation. And they heard about Monica and what she was doing in old Vegas. Um, so they've congregated like moths to a flame. I mean, maybe, yeah, but it isn't said in the story. I'll give you that. I can, I do kind of wish they'd given a little bit more. We've gotten a little bit more 
info about like how this community had come together. That would have been cool. But yeah, because like just all of a sudden your time jump and then all of a sudden this is happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you don't mind spoilers. Uh, I do. Uh, yeah, I actually do for this in this case. So uh, the, there is a very slight explanation. Um, OK. To how there's so many mutants and to that, it makes sense why there would potentially be a community. Oh, okay. So, interesting. Well, okay, I'm yeah. curious. So, yeah, yeah. my problems might be reading this out of turn. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I will say when I went to look up the apoth. So I'm I'm actually gonna take a behind the curtain here for a moment, guys, and also for my my hosts. When I went to look up where this sat in the apotheosis canon, like I checked the the tales and stuff. This is technically part two. Great. Part so one. The story is- that has. <laughs> Two instances of media res. You were also throwing the entire story itself in media res. Yes, it's in media res within in media res in media res section. <laughs> and to that, to you, gamer, I am sorry. You should be <laughs> because, but we'll be reading part one next week because part one was the SCP entry that uh, that was in this that was linked in this story, and Mike that Mikey read. <laughs> Yes. So I I apologize. I found that out after I finished reading this story, mm-hmm. and I was collecting my notes for for this. Uh. So yeah. So I so so not only did this story have two media res things that you love, like yeah. being sarcastic, but I also tossed you into media res, thus dooming this story from you ever liking it. Awesome. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, shit happens. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll move on. Um, it, but yeah, in regards to the whole, just the visual of all these SCP infected D class or otherwise people all like banding together in this town and everything like that, and how widespread it is, because you know the entire city of Las Vegas—that's a huge. Um, it's actually a lot uh, smaller than you think, but <laughs> it's an entire city that it is a city. Yes, lost. And, you know, operational security gone, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, Guam Guam was uh, taken over by uh, by a giant flesh uh, abomination. So, Ooh, like... Those things happen. You're right. <laughs> but, and, like, to be fair, like, Las Vegas is kind of just as isolated as, a, as an island in the Pacific because it's in the middle of a desert. <laughs> so... Yeah, also, everyone wants to go there. Yeah. So, I mean, um, but, like, if there's a government disaster, if, if there's a disaster or, like, this kind of thing happening... I could see the foundation like just kind of putting up a quarantine or exclusion zone for Las Vegas and just saying that some kind of ma- major disasters happened in the city and it needs to, it's there's a contamination of some kind we need uh, like no one's allowed in or out and like the foundation could definitely like keep it under wraps. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> but in regards to the whole like war that's going on with like the foundation going up like they're uh freaking uh like a invading army yeah it, the whole visual of all this to me kind of defeats the whole purpose of scp in general because like it, it's painting the scp to be like the most horrible people ever and like I mean, they're not caring to painting or protecting anything they're just showing up and wanting to kill all of them no they're they are well, like okay. showing them as villains yeah 
because to these people who are just trying to live their own life away and free from containment and whatnot, the authoritative um, regime of the SCP Foundation is the bad guy to them. So like we're we're reading the story from the perspective of the people who are mutated, but like don't see themselves as the bad guys or as the monster. Like we're seeing it from the perspective of the monsters, and like these guys, like the 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 foundation are like the monster hunters and the 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 uh, the, the government guys that are trying to like stop them or or contain them and and defeat them. So like, of course they're going to be like bad guys. Uh, they're going to be treated like the bad guys in the story. It's just kind of weird that so many of them are like, no, we want to be free. We deserve to be free. It's fine. Like, none of them realize that their superpowers and stuff like that, it's not going to... Even in, like, superhero movies and shit, they can't just live normal lives with their superpowers in the open. You can't do that. Um, You haven't gotten to She-Hulk Attorney at Law, have you? (laughs) I've started to or, actually, or any of the but... late, or, or any of the late phase, or like, or the, uh, or the Asgard, or uh, the, any of the, the, the two new, or like the, the last like Thor movie, where Thor movie, yeah. where there's the new Asgard, like new Asgard is a settlement of like magical beings and gods in Norway. Yeah, but also, <laughs> but like, that is, also a, that yeah. is many years down the road when horrible, like supernatural and like weird. Of uh, villains and shit have shown up, and it's all been like the the veil's lifted. Everyone knows yeah. about it, anyways. And there's been huge world-ending things that have happened. The half the world's been snapped. The entire city has been lifted into the ground and slammed. Like it's not, it's not in the shadows anymore. You know, yeah. where when I think of SCP, they mm-hmm. are keeping everything under wraps as best <laughs> as they can. Yeah. Well, and I th- I think the thing you need to remember in this case is that this is part of the apotheosis. Um, canon so this is the canon where like that kind of stuff is happening like the scp foundation is losing its ability to veil out situations like we've well, lost it from the looks of it well at least for this in in this area we don't know about the bigger like the greater part of the world like we don't know like what else is happening in the world yet because we haven't gotten to those parts this is also j- literally the first like couple of like this is also the the starting of that kind of stuff so like of course the city like it's starting in one city like is this it might get what what is this the start of this or is this yeah this is actually part this is the the first part of the apotheosis uh canon the 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 part before it is just the entry the scp entry of the um the entry that's inside of monica so the scp entry is the very first entry to this entire canon. exactly oh okay and then this is technically the second part and then but but like okay so if I pull up the website or the the art the the site page for for the apotheosis canon, um, it actually has it like kind of segmented into like I they call them parts, but they're like more like acts of like what's going on. Hang on, let me just pull this up here. Yeah, so on the apotheosis hub of the uh, the canon hubs and stuff, um, it yeah the part uh, part the first <laughs> wow, um, we get. SCP-3396, like that entry. And then we get the story, The Shape of a Gun. And then the next part, the second part is another story and then another story. And then there's another part. There's part three, which has an SCP entry and then another story. So it, it is actually like, we're, 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 we are at the beginning. We, I just forgot. I just didn't realize that we need to read the SCP entry first before reading the story. 
Yeah. So yeah, we are actually reading for Spider-Man one. Yeah, exactly. We're, we are witnessing the start of this, of these changes, I guess, in this Canon of the SCP foundation's world. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually the description for the apotheosis Canon is an epic tale of endings, beginnings, and the often forgotten toil in between. So like, basically this is the end of the, uh, my guess, this is just a, an educated guess on what I've seen so far for the apotheosis Canon. This story is about the ending of the SCP foundation being in the shadows or like all these, like and the, the, this, these mutants kind of coming to light, but the beginning of a new world of like the situation. I'm just surprised how quickly it happened. Like that escalated <laughs> it a year. <laughs> it's, it's one city and it took a year. <laughs> like that's still, that's that, that is a long time. Like, I don't even mean timeline. I mean, entries. Yeah. Like technically the first entry is entirely about SCP, the, the foundation losing control and them just not securing, containing, or protecting anything anymore. We're trying to, but it's all in the open now immediately. Like, there's no yeah. buildup to it happening. I, I guess. I don't like this. Is just how they this is how they chose to write the story, man. <laughs> I, I'm aware. I'm just saying my bit. <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, I, I guess we can move on from there. Okay. Uh, then we get on to Norman saying when he like notices that the foundation army's on the way, he says like, I will provide a telepathic communication network, instruct your defenders to think through me. Ah, TACnet, your favorite thing. Colby. I, I don't hate it. <laughs> everyone <laughs> else hate hates it. it. I know everyone else who plays Eclipse phase hates it. Oh, okay. <laughs> because sure. it gives every, all the players instant access to be able to like make spot checks and listen checks through other people's eyes and ears. <laughs> but there is a downside to TACnet. You also get to roll sand checks if any one of you sees something horrific. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't immediately turn that off before you see something. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot to bring this up earlier um, yeah. in regards to just the view of the SCP Foundation. Mm-hmm. Monica keeps referring to them as Nazis. I don't know if that's a literal or not. Like, if I, I, there's been yeah. some discovery that they're actually like <laughs> Nazi funded or something like that. No, I th- I think it's more just a, like a slur because like she sees again her being like she was in captivity, she was locked away, and then like tested on, and that's how she got changed. I think she just that's just a term that she's giving them. Like, she's just like saying like they're a fascist regime because she's. Like they're they're like again they're authoritarian like it's their way or you die, <laughs> sort of like set up. So, well, in regards to D class, because yeah. D class are already like city individuals. That's why they're D class in the first place. Yeah, but I mean they're still human beings. Like they still sh- technically like like okay. So like D class, like yeah, like oh yeah, they're all like just criminals anyway. They can just be tested on. Like that's not how human rights work. <laughs> like that's still <laughs> fucking shady, anyways. It's still fucking shady. Like you still shouldn't be experimenting on a on a human being, even if they are going to get the death. Not all of them are were death row agents. Like she she did some bad stuff, but she wasn't going to death row. They just grabbed her from the poli- from the uh, from the the criminal scene. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I I think I think it's her more again. It's it's we're seeing her perspective on on everything, and again the perspective of these people who have who want to keep their freedom away from the. Um, uh, the authoritative uh, faction, and so yeah, that like that Nazi uh, slur is more like just a slur uh, about like fascism and like um, the uh, the whole like they're being dicks. 
Yeah, for being dicks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably all I got to say until final thoughts, I guess. Okay. Also, uh, just as a quick aside about, like, you know, like, D-Class being, like, on death run stuff like that. Hey, man, 11424 was an awesome guy. <laughs> but, like, who knows what he did? <laughs> yeah. Before... Yeah, with the amount of D-Class, they can't all be death row. <laughs> No, there's yeah. so many. <laughs> there's so many. I think uh, also another like theme that I kind of like saw in this story is like it's all about like second chances. Like people do deserve second chances sometimes. And I think that's like that th- that theme is is prevalent in this story. So I, um, I don't know. She's murdered a lot of people during her survive. Quote, second chance <laughs> <laughs> to survive. Like it wasn't like she didn't want to, but she had to in order to because. But yeah, that that goes into philosophical questions. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not saying like I am super pro uh, foundations. Like, no, it's totally fine that they can do all these experiments. It's not fucked up at all. It is fucked up, but I get it because like it's for the greater good because they're trying to understand all this shit that could potentially, you know, destroy the entire fucking world. Or maybe it just changes the world. For the better, perhaps. The problem is the foundation staying on the on the status quo, and just like c- trying to contain it to, to maintain a status quo. Whereas these people want to be free, and I'm like, yeah, maybe their powers will change the world, but maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. But at least they get the chance to try. <laughs> um. So it sounds like you're on team foundation, and I'm on team old Vegas. <laughs> Partially, yeah. Like again, I'm not a hundred percent team foundation because I know the foundation fucked up, but. Yeah. Still, it yeah, kind of. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's move on. With that, let's move on to our final thoughts. Um, if it's not clear by now, I really like this. <laughs> um, it's clear there's more going on in the background. Obviously, like I mean, this is part one of the apotheosis canon, uh, and that this story was like kind of plucked in from this canon. Like, kind of, we're getting like kind of an intro to it through this story. Um. The way it's written, to me anyway, it was easy to collect the necessary context for the story that of like the greater story at hand, and also getting to know these characters was really fun. Or like just like getting to getting to like have some like conversations in the in the story with the characters, like Norman and Monica, and like Monica and Jake, and then hearing about the different other major players. Like I'd like to, I'd heck, I'd even like to see some more stories where we get to know more about like some of the the spookies or the maintenance crew or um the defenders like that might be cool like to hear from ogre find out more about ogre and his being a sweetheart but like looking fierce and stuff um but again like it's it's what i've come to uh come to expect from a cadaver commander story i i thoroughly enjoyed it um i'd i'd honestly like to pluck this for game fodder for uh for a game scenario or even a setting uh tabletop or otherwise like I could see a video game like one of like there's so many indie games about like secure about the the containment sit, uh, situation of uh, of of SCP Foundation or like somebody or or an agent of the SCP Foundation going into a site that's been like breached. Why don't we have an indie game of like you're you're one of the D class who's gotten one of these powers and is escaping the the fed, the, the foundation? Like that could be really cool. Um, and again, you could explore that in a tabletop setting as well. Like you could run it in like mutants and masterminds, um, monsters, other childish things, etc. Basically, playing a person who is on the run from a 
uh, from a totalitarian government that wants to contain you and like for your powers and stuff. And you're just trying to live your own life with these new things that you have to deal with. So and it has the perils of all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I recommend, I still recommend this one. Like uh, my, nothing's changed on my end. <laughs> I still love this one. So, but that's just uh, my recommendation. Mikey, the East Ends for Evil. Take it all away. Right. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it for the most part. Uh, I didn't like that one transition, like I mentioned. And the the biggest downside for me is that we're at the end. It's about to be an epic battle, and it ends. Yeah. Right. Next time. But Next we don't time know if... on D class battle. <laughs> yeah, but, but we don't know if there ever will be a next time. Although there are more stories that's set in this universe, we don't know if there's actually one that has this battle. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, yeah so yeah. It, it just all this build up and then no payoff. Well, <laughs> sorry to interject. But I, I also wonder if, like, maybe the, the battles and stuff of the story, like, well, we do get, like, one little, like, fight between her and the Pale Man guy. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is more supposed to be, like, like maybe Cadaver Commander wanted to write this as more of just a character piece to kind of get the character's opinions and, like, kind of get the character, like, the, the setup for what was going to be coming for the for the Apotheosis canon. um, Rather than just, you know, write a story about some big old explosions and, and fighting and stuff like that. Like that's not, that's, that's fun, but that's not what they wanted to tell in the story. What they wanted to tell in the story is this, the sense of community that's on the, on the ropes as the foundation is encroaching in on their turf and, and other um, mutants who are out there that um, are not as friendly as they are. So. Um, I feel like the whole vibe of the story is like explosions, combat, guns, millions I mean, of guns, and then like yeah. they're lightly used, kind of. Well, it, it's there, but like that's their abilities, and that's the 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 reason why they're they're in this situation to begin with. But again, like it kind of to me, it kind of rings like a character piece where we're getting a sense of this this situation that this community finds itself in, and that's more important than the the big battles. Um, like that's where I, that's where I'm coming in from this story is like the battles would be fun. I'd love to I'd love to read them, but to me, like, and as much as I'd like to read them, they're not necessary for me, necessarily. <laughs> necessarily necessary. Yes, it's like seven. It just it's the word of the day. Yeah. <laughs> but that's just me. Devil's advocating on this on like the whole like other oh, like we should be able to use the we should be able to read more of the fight. <laughs> but, mm. Yeah. Um, well, and I also would have liked more of a transition, like more story of how she got to Vegas, not just, oh, there's this guy that says we should be part of something better, and then suddenly they're in Vegas. One he year. La- yeah, yeah, he's got a doom buggy. He's got he's got connections, and then one year later. She's the boss. She's the mayor of, of old Vegas. Yeah. yeah. Vegas also isn't a thing anymore. For yeah. reasons. Yeah. Hmm. Also, the way I said that, it almost sounds like, she's the boss of new of old Vegas. He's her secretary. <laughs> Are you doing like trailer guy voice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tonight, they fight crime. 
<laughs> the world gone mad. <laughs> yeah. So the o- overall, uh, it's still a partial recommendation. All right. And then we go on to gamer. <laughs> You sound so disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I kind of am, but I get it. Like, I, I understand. Right. Like, over the, I understand why you didn't like the story as much as I did. From yeah. from what you, we've we've talked about here, so okay, at least that's come across, and you understand. Yes, I may not but, agree with it, but I understand. <laughs> yeah, and like part of the reason that I didn't interject during. Not that I'm having a problem with you talking right now. Please don't think that. Yeah. <laughs> that honestly, that's exactly so what it much. sounded like. It's like, not that I was going to, like, the reason I didn't interject with your talking about. No, I didn't mean it like that. I know, Please. I know. But the way it sounded, like, there's, like, my brain immediately went there and I, was, and I had to slap my brain. It's like, no, yeah, stop no. It. But the reason that I didn't interject with what you were saying and try to change your thought is because I agree with you. The story itself, as an action y sort of, uh, story like this is good but the problem is that's not what i wanted <laughs> you ah. see when i read an scp this is so outlandish it's not what i come to my favorite website scp.wiki.wiki.com <laughs> like there's no it, there's no grounding to it like it's not street level at all anymore it's an avengers movie it's not an scp story yeah, yeah, I can, and I can kind of see that because, like, there's actually a very similar, um, uh, very similar example uh, that comes up with Delta Green, the Call of Cthulhu, like the modern Call of Cthulhu, uh, like group that is trying to like stop the mythos while also keep it away from the public eye. Um, it would be there. There is uh, there's a story that comes up where like somebody at Gen Con talked was talking to the uh, the, the the developers, and Delta Green again is supposed to be like espionage. And trying to like stop the mythos, um, like one cult at a time or one like monster in the woods at a time, uh, kind of grounded in like reality of like the bureaucracy of the government and stuff. And apparently, this one player, this one guy, he's like, Yeah, my group, uh, like, uh, we're running a campaign of Delta Green where like, uh, Alphonse from ACEL, the, the big top guys of Delta Green, uh, like leadership showed up. It's like, All right, it's time to take out Cthulhu. And then the Harrier carrier or the, 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 the uh, the giant fl- flying harrier uh like from like avengers showed up and yeah. they they got like a j- bunch of armaments and stuff like that and just went out into the south pacific to stop cthulhu and the 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 developers kind of laughed at it and it's like well i mean i guess if everybody at the table's having fun like that's that's how to that i mean that's fine but i mean that's not what we envisioned delta green to be like yeah it's too ridiculous like, yeah now i do have a question for you gamer <laughs> Is this more outlandish and weird to you to be reading in SCP than Joey Fucknuts? Yes. Really? It is. Because it's it's the scale. This is an entire city of a whole bunch of um of loose SCP entities or uh, people affected by it. It's a huge outbreak where Joey Fucknuts, yes, it is a a town of guys, but they are still contained. Joey yeah, gets yeah. out, but yeah. they are still contained. The foundation is still doing their job, and that's what I like about SCP in general is the level of potential immersion. Because the SCP can do their job, because they're not operating out of fucking Derpland, 
that's how you get potential immersion in this because this could be happening, but we as real people don't know about it because it's all being secured, contained, and protected from us. Yeah. But See, when it's yeah. a whole bunch of entities getting out, an entire town getting taken over, and that going to be uh, that's going to be a thing that's going to contain or continue to be taken over, and there's going to be more that happens because this is episode one. <laughs> They're yeah. not going to just put them all away and then we'll move on to something else. This is it, it's it's such a, a a different break. Yeah, it's it's such a, yeah. a a fork in the road from what I expect from SCPs, and that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just going into it i did not expect it to be like this. yeah i think that's what it is because like the thing to understand for this is like this is a uh, an alternate universe basically where the foundation isn't able to keep things under wraps and this kind of and it's basically like this is the the the, the timeline the this is the dark timeline for the scp foundation anyways where all of their hard work is crumbling around them <laughs> yeah and, and I, I, I find that interesting, but yeah, I can see why, like, cause you like the status quo. You like to keep it like plausible because like this stuff is happening like this, this like for your immersion level of like this fictional universe, this could be happening in our world because they're keeping it under wraps from everybody else. Whereas this story is kind of proposing, well, what if they couldn't veil out everything? Like I do like what ifs because mm-hmm. a lot of the times I think of what if this was different this way and I like that, but again, going into this, I did not expect this, and it is strange. But now that I know that that that's the whole point of this entire canon, and me remembering that, right, there are multiple canons in SCP. It's not, they're not all the same timeline and everything. Yeah. So I'm a little bit more um, accepting of this, knowing that in hindsight. Yeah. But, and yeah, like, you talked about Guam, being taken over by the entity known as Guam. Like, yeah, that is huge, but that is one outbreak of one entity that they let out and, oh shit, bad things are happening. Yeah, but so, also, I'm, I'm pretty sure Guam is bigger than New Ve- but Las Vegas. But anyways, yeah, sorry. That's that's not what I'm getting at. It's yeah. not scale in that situation. It's, sorry, it's not the landmass of scale. It's the scale of failure of yes. the STP yeah. Foundation as a whole. Because yeah. they let one out. Oh no, we have to try to fix this. Oh, we're losing. This is not going well. Like, that's fine. But if it's like, oh no, one person got out because she got gun, and then this other guy got out because he can dig the ground real well, and then <laughs> you yeah. know, and then this guy got out because he's a good accurate human being. <laughs> yeah, like they're, just, they're constantly failing, and it's like, why are they even here? How did they keep this going for so long if they're all of a sudden failing? I mean, and what's causing that catalyst all of a sudden yeah. to start happening now? I think that's what we need. I think honestly, like that's what would help assage this for you. I think a lot is if we had a reason or we, we, if you were able to like be given an explanation as to why the SCP foundation is unable to keep this contained. Yeah. Like maybe they got to some entity that um, like affected a lot of their higher ups and like (laughs) controlling them and it let a whole bunch of them out or something like that. Gamer, that seems implausible. I mean, they're doing great work here. They are. They're doing great work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and who knows? Maybe SCP-3396 will give us a little bit more uh, insight into the um, the danger of like, or like why the SCP Foundation is losing in this scenario. 
Yes, and based on what Mikey said, a lot of, or at least some of my uh, my problems will be uh, fixed when I read that, and we'll see. Yeah. But for now, like, I, maybe I'm being a little harsh with a straight no. I, because <laughs> you, as an you action, man, like, if you if you did not care for the story, like, I'm not, I don't want to change your mind necessarily, like, I, like, because again, this is like, if somebody thinks like gamer, like, maybe they won't like the story. If somebody thinks like me, maybe they will. If somebody thinks like Mikey, eh, maybe they'll give it a shot. Maybe, who knows? Fifty-fifty. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. But I, I am going to slightly change it, not from a straight no to like a very low partial because like I, the story itself as an action sort of story, I enjoyed that, but that's not what I came here for. And that's why I was so against it. But as an action story, it's good, but there's no horror in this. The only horror is the fact that there's a biblically accurate angel. There. Like <laughs> there, it's, if you remove it's, that, then there's zero horror. The it's, it's just well, a superhero story. It's it's weird fiction is what this is. This isn't necessarily a horror story. This is there's aesthetic horror elements like again the mutants and the monsters and like how they're like again the biblically accurate man. And, but like it's more or less like it's mixed in with like action and so and sci-fi which makes it more of a weird story than or a weird fiction story than a horror fiction story. Which SCP Foundation tends to kind of go wishy-washy like weird fiction to like horror to yeah. sci-fi. So like Joey Fucknuts felt like more, <laughs> uh, more horror than this, you know? Yeah, because they're like they're zombies and everything, and we have to try to figure out like why that's happening. And it's, like, yeah. there's at least a visual of it, you know? Yeah, Even though I mean, they're acting like normal dudes. Yeah, but I mean, like, a zombie is just a mutant, really, in sim capacities to like, because it's something that is was a normal thing, like a dead person, and now is alive, which is abnormal. Yeah. So. Mm. But yeah, I, I get you. I, I get what you're trying to you're you're getting at here. So yeah. Either way, I, I will give it a low partial just because as an action story, it's good. But as an SCP story with immersion, and uh, as someone who does not like being thrown in media res three times, no. <laughs> fair. Yes. Well, and to be fair, that third time was on me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but you you didn't cause the first two. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Um... A full recommendation, and I guess two partials, with the last one being a low-end partial recommendation? Yeah. Um, Who knows? In hindsight, after reading the first one, and after getting... If we're going to be doing multiple in this pen, and I might warm up to the whole uh, idea of this more, but in the future in this pen, I'm going to go in with a little bit um, less of a uh, focused, it-has-to-be standardized SCP style, because this is a what-if scenario. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I, and I definitely would like to like start. I, I am interested in the apotheosis canon, so I would like to cover it at some point. Maybe not soonish because like we've got some things, but like maybe for like another month or or like maybe some down the road we'll do another like month of of entries that are just from the apotheosis uh, canon. So, mm-hmm. uh, but rest assured, we will come back to the apotheosis canon. Actually, technically starting next week when we do SCP-3396. <laughs> anyway, uh, that has been this week's episode. So if you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below where this gets posted. Whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr, let us know what team you're on. Team Foundation or Team Old Vegas? <laughs> um, and you can do that on Twitter. Uh, you can send uh, send messages to us. We're there. Um, for as long as it's around, that's sort of 
in flux at the moment. Um, Mikey is at the East Dance for Evil. The Gamer in Yellow is at The Gamer in Yellow, but without that W at the end, because his name is very long. Yeah, it's got to be. No. Uh, and I'm at Review Cultist. You can also send us messages and emails at aldenterigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Or you can also leave us suggestions for other creepypastas, SCPs, spooky things. You creep it, we'll peep it. Yeah! Gamer, it didn't work again. <laughs> I got like... <laughs> yeah! All right. Is that working? Kinda. It was. I'll, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll edit it in. Like I, I usually have to shift us, like like align align the yeahs together so that we're we're both saying it around the same time anyway. So normally I try to say it like half a second before you to try to compensate for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, if you'd like to help support our show financially, you can go to Patreon. Look up Aldente Rigamortis and select the back tier you'd like to support us at. We have two dollar and five dollar tier, special episodes, early access, extra content. To our patrons that are helping support the show, thank you guys immensely. You're helping keep those hosting bills at bay. And as always, we very much appreciate that. And to our listeners and the authors of these stories, thank you immensely. Because without your listenership, it'd be like screaming into the the void of Starfield. That is Christy, the East Ends for Evil. (laughs) And without your authorship, Cadaver Commander, we really wouldn't have much of a show because we wouldn't have anything to talk about, for good or bad. (laughs) um honestly like, again like we wouldn't have the this this conversation about like why we like the story or why we didn't like the story so thank you yeah maybe think about like what is it, it's letting me be more open about all this because i was going into all scps with a very like strict, focused like... uh yeah very strict kind of mindset it's like this has to be immersive this has to be for realsies yeah but that doesn't always have to be the case. No, sometimes we, it's sometimes it's fun to see it from the perspective of uh, of D class who have been mutated into SCP monsters or uh, what if worlds. Mm-hmm. But until next time, I have been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Mikey. The stands for evil, and I'm the gamer in yellow. And this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well.
By the way, does this type of yeah come in better if I just say yeah? Yeah, that came in perfectly. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll just do a more chill yeah from now on. Yeah. Hell <laughs> it's yeah. Like, hell yeah. It's like that uh that the mellow version of uh power thirst is like Mother Nature will be like, slow down. And you'll be like, fuck you. And kick her in the face with your energy legs. 